What a world you now listening to Talk of Brothers Podcast. Welcome to the Talk of Talk Talk of Brothers Podcast. Podcast. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Talk of Brothers Podcast. Talk of Brothers. Talk of Brothers. Talk of Brothers Podcast with Smash and Go D. Go Dan Smash, you guys doing your thing. The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. My brother. Go Dan Smash. Talk of Brothers. That's poppin'. We ain't worried about nothing. Y'all are now listening to Talk of Brothers Podcast. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Go D. And it's your boy Smash coming in. Want to welcome you guys to another episode of Talker Brothers Podcast. Uh, Smash, usually we, we, we take the guests out and then we bring the guests back in. But because we love Monique so much, you know, she's just she's just part of the game. So, you know, she's she's here with us. You know, we her and I have been paying uh, schedule tag for about three, <laughs> three or four weeks here, you know. <laughs> So I, I will definitely want to thank her. Family, for, she come in the house. She got a pound drink. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> she she's been on a for the listeners and the viewers. She's been on the previous our previous episodes with us. And um, if you don't know who she is, um, what we talked about in the previous episode, you know, feel free. I would go back and listen to the episode. Monique Mitchell Sims. She's a screenwriter, producer, director, podcaster. Uh, just all around jack of all trades. So, how are you, Moniz? How are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm glad you finally got your life together so we can do this conversation. <laughs> it, was, it, it was, trust me, it was all me. <laughs> it, was, it was all me. I said, you know what? I'm about to lose a friend messing around. Keep, keep reneging on my schedule. <laughs> this was all me. So yeah, no, it's good to be here. I'm glad to see you guys and, be, and talk to you guys. Right. So, funny thing is, last time we talked, it was the beginning of the pandemic, and now we are, I don't know, we're somewhere in it. I don't know if it's the middle, where we get to the end. <laughs> we're just somewhere there. How has things been since the last time we talked through, through this pandemic? I. Well, you know, I think like everybody else, I was just hoping it would end soon and <laughs> it hasn't. And and I, what I did, you know, it was my, my nature to just keep working, you know, in the midst of things. And so I just put my head down and just kept working. And then I looked up and I was just totally exhausted. And I had to really just give myself a break, you know, for a minute. I was able to go back home to help take care of my mom for a while. So I kind of dropped out of all this craziness for four months. And being back in Detroit, it's like being on a whole nother planet. So I couldn't have been any further removed from Hollywood being in the D. And right. being in your mama's house <laughs> and sleeping in your same bedroom that you slept as a child, it just totally makes you reflect on your whole life choices and <laughs> what you're trying to do. Some good, some bad, huh? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because your mama and them don't care about whatever you've done. You, you know, still, Monique, you ain't, you ain't all you hot still gotta, You still got to do them dishes. You still got to take out the garbage, you know? Dishes. so. It was it was good being back because can't it helped me too. Right? <laughs> no, can't do none of that. So it was good. <laughs> I was able to be there for her. The blessing that you know my life is fluid enough that I can drop out of it and just have my laptop and still be working, but not be in Holly Weird. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and then uh, I came back home, and you know slowly I'm starting to get back. I feel like it's been about three months now since mm-hmm. I've been back, so I'm starting to slowly get back into the rhythm of things. Um, but you know, I look at this whole thing as it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I would hope it would have. It could have. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do, but that, that's, that's a whole other conversation. Right. That's a whole other podcast episode right there. <laughs> yeah, right. so now, you know, I'm just like I look at this sort of like the act two of the pandemic, right. you know, as, as a screenwriter, act two is the longest okay. act in the screenplay. Um, and you just have to, you oh. know, you have all these barriers and obstacles and all this type of stuff being thrown at you. And then, then you think you're good. And then like 60 pages in, a whole nother story comes in. That's a whole nother storyline. A whole nother storyline shows up in act two, like on page 60. You're like, what the hell? You know, so that's kind of what this is. Time for a rewrite. <laughs> you know, somebody needs to hire me so I can rewrite this pandemic. I'm over it. 
so, so since we there, how is it? How is it? Uh, when we talked about it earlier, it was like you had we had ideas on how the industry would would navigate this. So yeah. now we've had a year under our belt. I can't believe we, I'm saying a year in this mess. A year under our belt. Right. How do you think Hollywood has adjusted and, and what do you think is the future going forward? Um, at first, Hollywood took a knee because mm -hmm. they didn't know what to do like the rest of the world. But then they quickly pivoted um, to figuring out that, you know, um, humans are addicted to stories. We, right. we need them stories. Right. So they got to find a way to get them stories in the veins of the people. And they were able to figure out how to, you know, use PPE, smaller, um, smaller sets, smaller stories, smaller crew. Slowly they were able to do that. Um, and now I think they've figured out now this is going to be going on for a very long time. So let's just get back into groove of making movies, right. not the big budgeted ones. I, I don't think we'll see the superhero big budget movies for a while because that just is too many people it's too expensive um but i think maybe this is a good time for someone like me who writes smaller intimate stories right to get this stuff done and so i'm starting to see people being more attracted to what i like to write because that's what that's the only thing they can do right now right <laughs> right but i i'm i when you say that and 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 i'm i'm waiting for uh what's it called black widow that was supposed to be released in November, which is Black a big Widow. budget foot film, which which is which is Scarlett Johansson, which is a Marvel. Oh, movie. oh, okay. And okay. I want to see how that comes off. It's supposed to be released in May, so I want to see if that actually plays itself into the uh, into theaters. Because now, since we're there at theaters, <laughs> let yeah, me yeah, yeah. let me ask you: LA theaters are opening up a hundred percent. Uh, we were probably at like 50-60% across the country. So LA is one of those LA is Hollywood. So how do you think those with them theaters opening up, how do you think that's going to go across and how big of an impact you think that's going to play in the movie industry? I think that there are some movies that still are better in theaters. Those big budgeted action, sci-fi that you just got to see on a big screen. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, Hollywood is going to keep making those movies. <laughs> um and then they'll become more like tentpole, big, you know, big, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Events, like back in the day when Star Wars came out, right. that was a huge situation. It was huge because no one ever seen it before, first of all, but it was such a different thing. And I think now it's gonna be, become more special when movies are in theaters because, I mean, first of all, you're putting people's lives at risk. I don't care <laughs> what people say right. about it being safe. You know, you're not going to go into a theater unless this is something like I got to see it on the screen. Right. And the other 90% of stuff, I think, could still be shown on Netflix and Hulu and things like that. But they're probably they're going to be very more strategic about the big pictures that they make that they only have theatrical releases for because there's going to be even more of a risk right. to see if people will come out to see those. And, and I like I like what HBO Max has done through this process. So they mm -hmm. they releasing what they would normally release into the theaters, they're yeah. releasing both ways. They're releasing right, right. on demand and mm -hmm. they're releasing in theaters. So however you want to experience it, you have that option to experience it. Um, I don't know how cost effective it is for them to do this, but for me as a viewer and a consumer, I love it because at this point, I don't really think, I don't think I will step back into a movie theater until they say, um, coast is clear because that's one of the nastiest places on earth is the movie theater oh it is it's horrible <laughs> those armrests and the chairs and the, and the floor is sticky yes. as hell it's just it's just nastiness I agree like you know you, you're making a real choice when you go into theater you gotta pay for you gotta pay for parking then you gotta get the, get the popcorn, popcorn $90 right. on all that stuff and then you sit down and the seat got bubble gum in it and it's just yeah. like why am I here yes. and <laughs> so I agree I think they're gonna be doing a combination uh -huh. of both and then for like the real super, super, super special movies, it'll only be in theaters. And right. that's gonna be something that they're gonna be very confident in that's gonna make the money back. Um, because we have shown, the consumers have shown that we like 
watching movies on yes. our couch in our pajamas yes. and, and having our own popcorn and stuff. We like that. Yes. And on our phones and things like that. So, you know, I don't think especially now too cuz now I think people that were drawn to the theaters that only wanted to experience those things in theaters, they were forced to have to watch it this type of way. I, I think they're come to be pulled them over and out loud. This is pretty cool, you know? Um, yeah, I think also the, the Academy and other places like that are starting to recognize and celebrate movies that come on streaming services. They're right. getting awards. So now you're going to get more and more filmmakers who are anti, uh, you know, streaming services making movies just for you know, Netflix and Hulu and all this type of stuff. Like, it doesn't have to go into theaters, you know? Like, certain people like Martin Scorsese, you know, the old school folks, they ain't gonna never let it go. <laughs> right. <laughs> but every everybody else is like, I'm cool. We can just make this movie to be shown on Hulu because you get more, a bigger audience that right. way. And it's, it'll give you a, another avenue to to share your creative, your creative creativity with the world versus just being in theaters because now... You know, I have always grown up as a kid. We, we went to the movies and it was always mama bring the big purse with the chicken and the drinks and all that kind of stuff. In there. <laughs> and I hated that. Right. So when I got to be an adult, I was like, you know what? We going to movies. I don't care how much it costs. We're going to get the popcorn. We're going to do the whole experience. I don't care how much it costs. So but now, you know, and I look forward to that. You know, that was the expense that I didn't care about paying. But now. Yeah. I'm realizing, man, you know, we go see a movie once a month. Think how much money we just saved on. Yeah. On yeah. I can't, I can't remember the last movie I actually saw in the theaters. I don't remember. I can't, I can't remember what it was. Cause even before the pandemic, my husband and I weren't going to the movies regularly because it just costs too much. It just, it's too, it's ridiculous. And then, and then it like, if you see a movie on streaming service and it's just, I, you don't feel like you've been cheated, right? It's nah. like I didn't, I didn't lose too much. But nah. if you spend all that money to go to a theater and it's just I, you like, no nah, man, that was, you know, I've been had, I've been hoodwinked. Right. <laughs> now, now that you say that, one of those movies that I was like, man, I'm glad I missed this. Now I love Denzel's son. <laughs> I love him to death. But it had all right. Had I went to the movie theaters, and I would have, I'd have got sucked into this, right? Had I went to the movie theater to see Tenant, oh, I'd have been mad. I'd have been real yeah. mad. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. This is definitely one of them times you like, whoo, I missed the bullet on that one. I'm, te I'm team Denzel now. You know, I, I am too. I am too. I, but but t yeah. I hear what you're saying. That was one of them slow moving movies, and it wasn't the way it was advertised, <laughs> and it didn't give you what you know you thought we were going to go see. And so it, I agree. I agree mm -hmm. about that. Denzel has done some movies that's yeah. like, ah, uh, but you know, you're right. They were right to to have that. That was HBO Max, Max. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the son, and 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 I love the way his <laughs> son's career has been. You know, he's been navigating his career. He's been doing a lot of good work. So I just felt with the writer who wrote the movie and director, I mean, everybody was in place to make, like you had all the pieces, you had the all-star team ready to play. And it's like they canceled the game and just put reruns on. That's what it was like, you know? Like... <laughs> oh, you're right. That was John David. I was thinking yeah. of Denzel did a movie um, recently uh, and... with, Oh. Everybody, everybody was Academy Award winners. What movie was oh, that? Oh, the I same don't... one. Um, he played the cop. He played the cop. It was on Max too, wasn't it? It was on Max. Yes, exactly. What? That's the one I was thinking and, of. And was... that fell short too. That fell short too. So what was they, the name of it? They, I don't know. They're probably at dinner right now. Like, <laughs> I didn't mind son, that. we got to get our stuff together, son. But we, <laughs> we, we, we missed the mark with the last two. <laughs> <laughs> and those were all Oscar winners, I think. Wasn't yeah. everybody Oscar nominated, Oscar mm -hmm. winners? You know, I mean, you just you can have an all star team. And yeah. not necessarily always pull off like the best movie. Right. Um, and then you can have just nobodies that no one knows, mm. and it's amazing. So it's just this what we what I do is totally magic. <laughs> you know, you you hope that you can control it and, and right. capture it in the bottle <laughs> and everything like that. But it really is a lot of luck and uh, and just faith and hope. Like I, I hope this is gonna. I write the screenplay. And I'm like, I hope that we get a good director. I pray we get good actors. You know, I hope that the costume design is good because there's so many ways for it to go wrong. Right. Before. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it, for you coming from the writing aspect of it all, 
you may see thing. something on paper that it's like brilliant. This is like a masterpiece to me. And then somebody else read it and it's like, well, I didn't think of that. You know, does that make you go into it and make you like rewrite it a little bit or you stick to your guns and like, you know what, damn it. I see it. You, I'm going to make you see it too. Yeah, no, you just got it. It's so subjective. Like I've had so many projects that someone just tore apart with notes and then someone else read like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Right. And as a writer, you're just like, okay, is everybody schizo or what's really happening here? Because <laughs> you can't, you got to stick to your guns as a writer. Like if I feel this, then prayerfully somebody else would feel it. And I would rather go down on the sword for something that I feel and believe than to, to drive myself crazy trying to please everybody because mm. that's never going to work either. Right. Right. So you really don't have a choice right. to, you know, but follow your own heart and your path. And, and it's, it's difficult because when someone rejects your screenplay or your writing, you take it personally because like, well, that's me. That's my baby. I created I put this. Every, I put everything <laughs> I had into that story and you don't like it. Right? You just cut me down the sides. What's wrong with you? Yeah. What exactly? What's wrong with you? My mama loves it. <laughs> I like everything. I'm still trying to, I'm pushing SACT. I'm not giving up on SACT. I'm even looking at international producers to get this made. So, so since we there, Let's get to sacked. Where are we yes. sacked? I am still pushing this mountain up the hill, bro. I'm trying to get it to the right people who get it in the right family. The folks who get mm. it, who love it, that, you know, don't want to change it, that want to do it the way I, you know, en envisioned it and are willing to take a chance on uh, a writer with no name. That's really what it is, you know. And so, mm. you know, we've been pushing it in a lot of different areas. Um, and we just haven't found the right, we've had like three close calls, but we haven't found the right home, the right fit for it yet. But it, so, so it's going know, to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. It's, I'm not giving up on it right. because this is just a story that I totally believe in. And I know it's fun and people want to see it because everybody, see, this is the thing. If you were the studio head, this would be done. Oh, yeah. Every Everyone that I pitch it to that are just consumers <laughs> and fans are like, oh, my God, I love the movie. Where is it? But getting to the executives to get them to take the chance, that's where the, you know, because disconnect is happening. I, I think they missed the genius of it all because right now we're in a phenomenon with GoFundMe right now. You had the chick that went to the All-Star game that got stranded. Mm. She had mm -hmm. a GoFundMe. So I, I think <laughs> they're missing the boat. But here's the biggest question, Smash and Monique. Here's the biggest question. Are we, are we being written into this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Because I envision Smash and I breaking the news about this GoFundMe. I like it. That's very meta. Very meta. I'm down for it. I'm down for it. I like that. That was good. See, see how I pitched that Smash? Yeah, he was real smooth the way he pivoted that thing, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he pitched it pretty good. Nah, but I, I'm, I'm excited about this, and I yeah, can't I wait. Like that. This, this is like one of those projects where... Um, you watching it like I'm watching this thing. I'm watching to see what happens. I'm watching the the Instagram. I'm watching the different posts that you're making, and um, this it's like your baby's my baby too. Like I'm the <laughs> I'm the proud uncle right now. <laughs> can't wait to see. It. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited about uh, it making the screen. And I mean, have you seen the um, Snickers bars? Yes. With the sacked on With it? sacked on it, yes. Man, I bought all them Snicker bars off the grocery <laughs> yeah. store. I rolled about it with all them bars. You bought like, all of them? Exactly. I'm like, if this ain't God, I don't know what it is. Right. Like, the is NFL is already promoting it. Like, come on, people, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for it. That's I'm, true. I'm huh? excited about it. Yeah. And I, you know what? I never asked, I meant to ask you that. Um, I was like, okay. So she's really in, on her marketing game, but just it was just a, on a humbug. You went to the grocery store and Man, found these Snickers. Exactly, me and my husband were at the store. You know, let's, you asked him if he was asleep. You know, he's awake now, but he likes to go shopping at ten o'clock at night. Okay, it's when COVID low. The COVID low. Well, no, he was doing that before COVID, but he was he was shopping at ten o'clock at night before COVID. So every now and again, he because he always asks, "You want to go?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm in my pajamas. He goes shopping at ten thirty at night." But this particular night, I went, uh -huh. and so I'm just he's over there getting whatever he needs to get, and I'm just wandering around, and I saw them on the candy display, and I'm like, ah! 
And he comes running. What's, you okay? You okay? <laughs> Look. And I was like, do you have any more of these? I'll buy them all. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so I was not, it wasn't marketing Dang. on my part. It just happened to be a serendipitous situation. Yeah. And I was just like, this makes a lot of sense. Like this, this is, is already in yeah. the ethos, you know? And I felt some kind of way. I wanted to hold a sax nigga boy and get my picture Fell taken too. <laughs> well, if you find them next time, oh, I told everybody I know, I'll like, take a picture yeah. with it. <laughs> but now that I know the story, because I thought you had that customly made. I didn't know that no, you just- No, no, that's part of the, um, it was a marketing campaign the NFL had. They had other different uh, terminology on Snickers bars. Right. I forget what the other ones were, because I just saw sack. They had other ones. Um, and I think they've been doing it for the last two or three years. So it comes out every Super Bowl, um, you know, situation. That's when it, when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Smash, you got anything for Monique? Monique, we've been talking like you're not even here, bro. It's like you, uh-oh. The red-headed stepchild. No, nah, man. Hey, I'm the bearded, the bearded stepchild. No, I'm just uh, I like I just like the way you was going. You know, you should get right us into that episode of Sat. You know, where you know we interview somebody on the show or something. You know, I want to break know. the news. I if you need some creative writing, just let us know. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. I want to break the news. Hey, but I, have you? And you ever thought about um because I, I see a lot like these uh these new i guess i call them internet comedians you know they always doing skits and everything mm -hmm. uh have you ever thought about just getting some of them to act some of your stuff out I, i've been following a lot of them um for something like that particularly yeah i was i want to because because sack okay. is about uh uh internet campaign it made sense to me to find people who are hot on the internet. So I've been following a lot of these people and I want yeah. to populate them in my in my script, in, the, in my movie, whenever it gets made. I don't know if they'll be, you know, leads or whatever, but I think okay. it'd be great that if the audience sees their favorite YouTuber or favorite IG person, then, and also, they would promote it. That's the other thing. Right. <laughs> because now they're right. in a movie, oh, yeah, they will promote it to their base. Right. So yeah. I thought about that, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. They promote it hard, yeah. Yes, yeah. Somebody just all need right. to get on a good foot. I, I got all the marketing plan. Let's do this. Already there, right? <laughs> well, hell, got the dream. We just need the financials to help propel That's this dream. Need. Exactly. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm telling you now. It's going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm claiming it right here on Talking Brothers Thank Podcast. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, so let's get to the nitty gritty of what we really came here for. And, okay. and, and that's to <laughs> discuss, which I thought was a phenomenal <laughs> piece of work. Smash thought it was, eh. you know, Monice loved it. <laughs> and for the listeners, we, you know, I, we waited. This movie has been released, I guess, a month ago or so. And uh, I didn't want to talk to talk about it with nobody but Monice. And, and I, I, we could have did this episode months ago, but I waited like, you know what? I'm gonna keep waiting <laughs> until true. I can get her opinion on this. Cause Smash kept asking, are we gonna talk about it? Nope, not till I get my niece on. Nope, not gonna tell my niece on. So uh, that movie we're, talk we're, 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 we're discussing here is One Night in Miami. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'll let you take it away before Grumpy Grouch take it, give us his opinion on it. <laughs> well, I, I want to hear your thoughts first. What I mean, tell me how, because I saw that you like my post. First of all, you always one of the first people to love my post, so I appreciate you, bro. Um, what what did, what did you get from it as as a black man? Hello, talking to me or Goldie? Talking to you? I'm not talking. I'm not talking to you, Grumpy. I'm talking to Goldie. <laughs> oh, talking to me? Yes. Oh, I need to talk to Smash. No, um, no, no. We let Grumpy talk later. My my first opinion was I thought it was <laughs> we talked about it off wax a little bit. I thought it was a true story. Like it was based on a true story. And so I went into it and the main thing for me was rather it was Sam Cook, Malcolm X, you know, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, regardless of who those characters are, that's that's how we talk as black men. If you got close friends, that's how Smash and I talk. When we made pivotal, when I made pivotal decisions, um, congrats to Smash. I got to say it on wax for you with your retirement. 
um, when I was pivoting away from the military and they were making a career of it, that conversation, we had that conversation. Bro, are you sure this is what you want to do? What are your right. life goals? What are your life plans? So right. that that's the main thing that resonated to me on the movie. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. the fact that it was at that pivotal moment that launched Sam Cooke's awareness, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Jim Brown into movies. I right. lead into uh, being more religious with his, with being a Muslim. You know, mm -hmm. Malcolm X just being Malcolm X trying to understand: Do FOI love me? Do they don't love me? Where where's my position of okay? Now I'm, I'm propelling myself into my own um, my own Muslim. I don't know what you call it, faction group, but I don't know what you call it. But right, right. that's that's what played on me the most. And just to see these black actors, a group of black actors, um, which we rarely get to see on screen to, to actually do this was phenomenal to me. And then to learn right. that what I thought happened really didn't happen. It was yeah. the, the events happened, but how he told the story of what he thought actually happened that night, because it's all taboo of actually what happened that night. It's genius right. to me. I thought it was, I I thought personally that it should win every award that there is out there. That's how much I love this movie. All right, I I, I want to hear what Smash got to say before I before I chime in. I would love to <laughs> let the brother speak. Let the brother speak. <laughs> nah, I, I thought the movie was I thought it was a good movie. You know, I like that Regina King was behind it. And uh, I think she did a phenomenal job. I just wasn't like overly impressed. Like I was like, it, it is cool if they would have got if they got together and they did that and discuss it. But like for movie movie wise, there was really no action in it for me. Like it was just like these guys sitting down, but they really weren't talking about nothing. They were to me like they were talking about what was important at that time and how they are you know each other are big in the. Uh, in the aspects in, of what they did. They were the prime time during that time. But to me, it's just like that. Like, it wasn't like, oh man, I would love, if it really happened, I'd love to be a fly on that wall. But mm -hmm. to be in there, to, to watch it on screen, it wasn't a, a lot of action to me. Like, I would have liked to see, I mean, I guess what I would like to see from it, from that movie is it branch off. Like, show me, show me Cassius Clay's upbringing now. Show me, Sam Cooke, you know, uh, Malcolm X, sh start different shows with them because them coming into that one room, like, it was okay, but, like, I thought it was a good movie, but I didn't think it would win any awards. I didn't think it should win any awards. Shame on you. Maybe besides, um, you know, Regina <laughs> King. Shame Regina on you. Regina King with her directing or producing, you know. But, I mean, it was a, don't get me wrong, it was a good movie. It just had yeah, no yeah. action to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, if you take away them... Uh, burning his house down, which stuff you know we already kind of know. Mm -hmm. There was really no action in there. I think it yeah. could have been built up on a little bit more to make it the awards type that Derek or Go D want want to happen. So <laughs> I don't know. That's just my opinion. On it. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I thought yeah. it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But... No, no, no. I'm not hating on you, boy. I understand. I'm hating what, on what him. I... I'm hating on him enough. For both no, of no, us. don't hate on your brother, bro. Don't hate on him. <laughs> For me, I mean, I, why, I, that's why I wanted to hear. Why she wanted, set me straight, though? Well, yeah, she going to set you straight. On no, the no, no, I'm not. That's why I wanted to hear both of y'all. That's why I wanted to hear both of y'all because, first of all, Regina King, my girl crush. Okay, that's like, oh my God, I want to work with her at some point doing anything. Okay, so that's, let me get that out the way. Right. Secondly, it was adapted from a, from a play. Mm -hmm. So I've heard this a lot from people who say they want more action and everything like that. But the original script was just a retelling from the play, so there wasn't really, you know, any action to be shown. If they if they had adapted it into like the actual movie form, they would have done everything you just said, Smash. But they really just recorded it like yeah. it was on the on the stage. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are like, oh, ain't nothing happening. And also, I think I I loved it for what the Godie said as far as like hearing black men talk. Um, because as a black woman, I don't usually get to hear brothers exactly. talk. 
except mm. when I had my hair short and I would go to the barbershop. I was, my hair was as short as smashes a long time ago. <laughs> and I would be in the barbershop listening to them, <laughs> listening to the brothers talk. Like, and oh my God. after a while, they would forget that I was there and they would just start talking about real stuff, you right. know? So for me, it was like, oh my God, this is great <laughs> to see these black men talk. But the reason why it's probably gonna get some type of shine awards is because of who the figures were. It wasn't just four random black dudes, right? Um, and that really was his imagination to your point, though, the, of like, what would they have been talking about? Right. You know, I don't know if, you know, it did happen, but was it that deep of a conversation? Right. Who knows? Because Who knows they, what was really going they on? Said that they said <laughs> yeah. at the same hotel, at a certain point in the night, Muhammad Ali went to sleep. Right. The only person who know the truth is Jim Brown. Jim, Jim Brown. Brown ain't talking. He ain't talking. He ain't saying anything. <laughs> so, and that's the beauty yeah. of it all for this for the writer to see. And I, and I really want to give him his credit. I can't remember his name. I want to say Kemp. I can't remember his He's name. He's the same guy that did Soul. Right. Did you, did you guys see the Soul, um, yeah. animation? Oh, okay. Soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah so, now Soul was good. Soul was good. Had action for you, right? <laughs> it, was, it was good. It, it was it good. You got to give it. Had it, enough. You know, it had enough. It had enough. It was animated. It was cool. <laughs> I mean, another, another movie that is going to get a lot of awards, I mean, at least Chadwick will, is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Did you guys see that? Yes. Ma Rainey's Black. I, I watched it. Okay, now what did you think of that? Nah, I didn't see that one yet. I'm like smash on that. It was it was good. It was a good watch. It was a good watch for me. But it it didn't. I don't, most of the time for me to to really to really feel something from a movie, I'm like kind of like smash on certain things, explosions and you know <laughs> cliffhangers and betrayal and you know hitting agendas. And, but and if it's something like One Night in Miami or or that movie, it's, it's like okay, it didn't. I didn't really, didn't impact me. Right, because in One Night Miami, you had Malcolm X and Jim Brown and Cassius Clay. I mean, you had these figures that are historical um, heroes. Right. Whereas Ma Rainey is pretty much like a forgotten figure. Um, And it's also a play. Because other people are like, what? Where is this going? There's nothing happening. They're just right. talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Um, but for me, it was um, it was slow. But because I knew it was a play, I said, I'm just going to sit here. Like, we talked about Queen Sugar a little bit before we got on. Like, you just have to sit mm. there and just be there. Right. Like, just be there. <laughs> and, yeah. and the gym would come out. And the gym that came out for me was Chadwick Boseman. And I called it. As soon as he had uh, his, his pivotal monologue, I was like... He's gonna win an Oscar. Right. It's done. He's gonna win an Oscar. Because mm. he, he he went places with that monologue, especially now knowing what he was going through at the time and nobody knew what he was going through. And I was like, he's not in character anymore. This is him. See, I gotta go back and see now I gotta go yeah. back and watch it again now. You gotta go back and see, <laughs> see that scene where he his character is is mad at God. Right. Look at that! Look at the conversation that character is having with God, and I'm like, that is not a character talking to God. That's that is him. Chadwick Boseman. Yep. Well, see now, smash. I'm gonna have to watch it now, smash. That makes it. I had to go back and watch it. Tonight now I gotta again. put that on my list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sit, be prepared to sit there for a minute because there's yes. a lot of talking. It's a lot, it's a lot of, talk. of talking. It, it took me. It took me a few days to finish it. I was at work. And well, I don't know if I should say that, but <laughs> I told you, you know, oh, one, one oh. moment in my time. <laughs> Tommy. And you ain't got no job, Tommy. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to I say that, Smash. I, I would wear that with a badge of honor. Everybody can't be like you. Every day's Friday. <laughs> Don't have shaving oh, is optional for you now. <laughs> so so as well. That's one end of the spectrum. I think we all have an appreciation for that movie. Um now this is when Smash and I flip hats. Okay. And and that's coming to America. And I think we flip hats seamlessly on this one. <laughs> he enjoyed it and I thought it was <laughs> Well, well, first of all, let me give a disclosure. I don't believe in remaking classics. Now, you can remake anything else, but once we put that classic mm. title on it, I think it should be a law 
forbidding you to remake it. But if you do have to remake it, make it in the vein of what it is. <laughs> don't try to adapt it to something different. You know, don't make it a drama turn into a musical, uh, a, a drama turn into a comedy. Just, you know, keep it as is. And I'll let Smash go first so you can tell me your thoughts and <laughs> ideas on this before I give my my profound thoughts on this great piece of work. <laughs> I thought it was a good movie. Um, I'm not saying it was phenomenal or will be a classic, but it was what it was. It was a good movie. Um, and the way we watched it was so I could get my kids to know what what it was all about. We watched Coming to America and then mm. rolled into Coming to America 2 okay. so okay. that they could see how it built. And, yeah. and having that fresh on your mind, like going yeah. right back to back, it did help. Because now, because me and my wife, when when the Coming to America started too, when it started, we were like, we gotta see how they gonna tie this in because that's gonna that's gonna kill it. And the way they tied it in made sense because nobody knows what happened the rest of that night. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. I think people were looking for it to be an instant classic, but, but just it? like Godi is saying, you can't remake the classic. But it wasn't supposed to be an instant classic. It was just supposed to be a movie. And to me, like they were just closing off part two because for so long everybody asked for a part two. And now, thirty years later, they give you one. Now everybody want to. Oh, it wasn't good. It was well. Hey, y'all got what you asked for. You know? So I thought it was a good movie. Plus, I like I like that type of stupid comedy anyway. So it, yeah. it was funny to me, you know. So yeah, it was almost like a rom com, just like the first one. No, well, yeah, no, it wasn't. So what's, your, what's your problem, Goldie? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you hating? I'm not. Listen. It was I. We did the same thing Smash did. We sat down, made a big big evening out of it, right? Oh, okay. We okay. put the first one on, and me and my yeah. wife sitting there. The kids had never seen it, right? So right, me and my right, wife right. sitting there, just quoting quotables, laughing like it's nobody nobody's business. And the kids looking at us like it's good, mom and daddy, but it's really not that good, right? Yeah. And then they got to see the second one and see how it all tied in. That's what you know. We did the same thing, but. Because it was such a, for me, such a sacred piece of art. Um, <laughs> Not the Old Testament, man. <laughs> Taking it biblical around here. Um, I, I, I love the fact that you had all these great actors in there that we hadn't seen. We hadn't seen Wesley Snipes, right? Yeah. Um, right. In my mind, I never pictured Wesley to do this. And right. um, Wesley, I know you watch Talking Brothers podcast, or you either listen to Talking Brothers podcast. So I was like, "Why?" But then he came on an interview and he said, "Man, listen, they choreographed. They, you know, they, they choreographed all that stuff. I just showed up. I was like, my man, my man, <laughs> I'm gonna do this job, but you ain't gonna have me shucking and jiving like you really want me shucking and jiving." So. I, I give him a pass for that one. But uh, but before I heard that conversation, I was like, why, Wesley? Because that's not how I picture you. That's not how I see you as an actor. But that, right? that's you, though. That's, that's yeah, your stuff. That's my own personal opinion, <laughs> right. But I, I mean, Wesley was I... hilarious. He was funny. He was funny. I'm sorry. So, go ahead, Smash. So let, let, me, let me interject on this with Wesley, because I've heard a lot of people talk about the shucking and jiving. I'm like, dude, first of all, it's a comedy. Second of all, if y'all gonna try to sit here and say what he did in that was shucking and driving, let's go back to two four one two whatever that name two Wong Fu that movie when he dressed up as a lady. Oh. Nobody got a problem with that. Had, wait, hold. Had Come I had, on, a, had I had a podcast when that movie <laughs> dropped? You know my feelings about men dressing as women. Now let's not let's not go there. That's a for a whole nother episode about men dressing as women to get themselves out on camera. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother camera movie. Yeah, that's a whole you know. But um, the other thing that I thought was the product placements, <laughs> all these product placements, the Pepsi commercial in the middle of the movie. Uh, I got my Pepsi. You know, I, I just thought, yes, it's funny in the vein of the way the movie was made, but I just didn't think it was tasteful for it to be. I know you got to pay the bills. But you could have listed up the Pepsi can, just sit there, or you know, or when it held, showed the Target sign in front of the the museum or wherever it was, you know, it just it was just certain things. And don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing the movie. It was highly enjoyable. I enjoyed what it was, but I just didn't <laughs> think I, I I just 
for my for my own fault, I guess, I kind of try to compare it to. I wanted the same thing from the previous version. That's what I would say. And, well, I, did, and was, I was it was not. Mm. It was not gonna give you that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, this is the thing. Like, I personally think. Well, two things before I go into this. Wesley Snipes was hilarious. Mm-hmm. He was funny in Dolomite. My name is Dol. He was. We can talk about that movie. He was funny in that as well. Um, but also, I think there should be a time limit, a statute limitations on re- remakes of movies or continuation of movies. Like thirty years <laughs> is just just too long. The guys in the barbershop were still living. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have been. But that's not the point. <laughs> I want their health regimen. That's what I want. Yeah, they, they should have been. They should have, like, 20 years should be the limit. Like, if you don't get this done in 20, and I know they've been trying to do this for a long time. Yeah. So, but I'm like, 20 years should be the cutoff point because it's like 30 years is just way, just stretchly story-wise. It's just too many things you've got to explain away that people have to forget about. But right. also, the thing about movies and any any piece of art, really, it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It exists for the time now when coming to america came out for us it was amazing right you have to think about that time eddie murphy was on top he was doing everything we didn't really have any this is before kevin hart before chris rock there was nobody else doing comedy like eddie murphy right right so for the movie to come out during that time of course it was an instant classic and it was a different story too because it was a simpler story it's just about a prince coming to Queens trying to find his bride. And the rest of the time, the other 90% of the movie was Arsenio Hall and, and Eddie Murphy doing characters. That was it. That was the movie. This movie yeah. you had a different time. Yeah. Okay, you got to deal with uh, uh, feminism. You have to deal with um, Africa. I mean, Black mm. Panther's been out at this point. So, you know, you got to look at it differently from that lens. Mm. Um, and then to bring all these characters back, um, the beloved characters, like to your point, like the barbershop guys who should have been long dead. Okay. Long dead. Um, and and the, I think the timing is different. Like your your kids aren't going to view it the same way as we did because they have so many options to choose from. Right. This was like a cinema desert when we came out. Right. Coming to America came out. It was like, oh my God. It was like Purple Rain. It's like, oh my God. It's amazing. But now they're like, oh, well, I can watch this and <laughs> yeah. I can watch that and I can watch this. It's not this event for them. Um, so Black Panther probably was an event for them because it was a worldwide phenomenon. But I don't see even Black Panther 2 getting the same status as Black Panther 1 did. Right. So nothing exists in a bubble. So I mean, and I'm all I'm all for these conversations. People like you shouldn't be slamming, you know, coming to America because black people came together working. I'm like, okay, look, look, look. It's a movie, people. It's a movie. It's subjective. Right. You can like it or not like it. It doesn't mean that you ain't black or that you hate black people because you didn't like the movie. It's fine. But I also found that sometimes we're so hard, we're harder on our own stuff. Right. Then we are on other people. We and, give them a pass. And that's where but people when it's, were, that's where people wear that on me. Yeah. Like you just you the the white cinema cinema, you all for it. Now here we got some black yeah. cinema and you just yeah. doubted it. No, for me, good is good, bad yeah. is bad, great is great. I, I, I categorize it cut with blinders on. It had nothing to do with color. Yes, I'm glad to see Eddie Murphy, James Earl Jones, Wesley Snipes, um, Kiki Lane, I thought should have had. She played a phenomenal role. She should be as much as graceful as she was on the camera in that movie. I think she should be cast in the next Black Panther. That's how much of that character she played in that movie. And I thought she should have been the queen going to Queens looking for her king. That's what I, you know, th- these level things like the yeah. s- the spinoff. He slept with 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 Lisa Jones and and this, here's this. That's way far fetched. I don't know. It, it was a it was a reach. It was a it reach. Was, but you know, <laughs> but it, I, I personally didn't even remember that part. I was like, what? I didn't know. It I never happened. I forgot about that. That part never oh. happened. That's something that they writ they wrote in. Oh, but they went to the club though because yes. the twins came back to perform at the end. So yes, I know but that happened. never happened. Yeah, they went to the club. That's okay. That, they yeah. created that new part with with Lisa Jones, oh, so okay. so they can get this son to continue on the story, which I thought it was already seamless. You already had kids, right? You have this the the, the beautiful Kiki Lane. Um, she should have been in the forefront of this movie. Don't get me wrong. I love Jermaine Fowler. I love him to death. I I loved his work, especially on ABC with with the Donut Shop. I can't remember the name of the show. Um, yeah. 
I loved him on that. I love his character. I love his acting. But for this story, I thought the torch should have, when we're trying to um, uplift women, especially our black women, I thought they yeah. missed the boat on passing the torch to a female and letting her yeah. shine because she was graceful in this movie. Tiana, Tiana Taylor, well, she was, her scene was phenomenal. Even, what's the brother name? Uh, what's his name? Michael Blackson. I loved his scene. That was like picture made. <laughs> that was picture perfect. It was made, you know, so it had its moments, you know, but as Yeah, a, I mean, it, I think they made a choice. They uh, made a choice. I'm sure I can only imagine how many scripts they turned down and yeah. whatever, but I mean, I think like, if you're going to do a, not necessarily a remake or continuation, I think we can look at the Rocky series, right? Oh. I'm a Rocky fan. I love Rocky. I've seen all mm. of them 10 times. Right. But when they flipped it and it turned to Creed oh, wow. and brought in Michael B. Jordan, I said, that's how you remake uh, a series, I mean, a movie series. I, I agree with that. You bring you bring new energy to it, a different a different perspective to it. So I think that would have been a great idea if Kiki Lane had gone to Queens to find her prince. That would have been dope. Right. But would it have been the number one movie in America? It still would have been. It still would have been because it has the, <laughs> no. it has just like any, any musician or actor, once you get that status, if you miss the boat, it doesn't matter because they're gonna go see it anyway because of who you are and what you are. And you put Coming to America 2 on it, we all watched anyway. It wasn't, we, we all were intrigued about what it was going to be. And it's just, it's, it's one last movie that I hope that they don't touch and I don't even know if I should share it. And I think Will Smith and Kevin Hart are trying to remake this in this Uptown Saturday Night. Please oh. don't let this happen. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's been on the books for a while. I don't I don't know. I hope that never happens because it. So, it... <laughs> Go ahead, Smash. What do you think about them? Uh, what do you think about them remaking Trading Places? Because that was no. that was shown in. I think that was shown in Coming to America too, as um, well. Or it might have just been the first part of Coming. They they took the characters. Remember they showed. Uh, Would you want to see that? Oh remake? yeah yeah yeah. They Remember saw they showed the, uh, the, what, the, the 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 two white guys. Uh, who worked for the Randall and Randall Mortimer. Mortimer. They showed right, them in the. Right. In the, <laughs> the flashbacks were perfect. How they flashback and took elements from the old movie, inserted them into the new movie. All oh, that was great. But as a to totality of the whole thing, it just it didn't hit home for me. That that's just. Um, trading Places, I'm not as tied to Trading Places um, for any movies. Uh, Bruce's Million, if you want to remake Bruce's Million. But wasn't that a remake anyway? Wasn't Bruce's Million a remake? Didn't, why do I keep yeah. seeing Richard Pryor in it before? Well, Richard, Richard, Pryor, Richard Pryor is in, in Bruce's Million. Yeah, Richard Pryor oh, did. But okay. I'm saying if, if right. you want to make something like that, yeah. Eddie Murphy movies, it's just... You know, I don't you know, want to I'm just going to speak up as a screenwriter. I need them to make an original movie written by me. Right. And yep. <laughs> with so many original stories <laughs> that we can tell, you know, like, I agree. Um, <laughs> and I think we end up, and, and people end up being um, unsatisfied with them because they don't live up to the original, right? right? And, and I see why mm -hmm. they do it because coming to America, doing it over again, they got, they got all of us to, to watch it, right? And now you have this this uh, mm -hmm. new generation that are aware of it who may watch it again, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. But it makes sense why they do it financially. But story-wise, I'm like, come on, can we try something new? Like, I don't think they should ever do Purple Rain over. Don't now, was Purple, Rain, was Purple Rain a great movie? No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> but again, for the time, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing for its time. But if you would just look for at it time. structurally, you're like, ah, this yeah. ain't all over the place. This is not that great of a film, but don't touch it. I know all the lines, I know right. all the songs, you know, leave it alone. And don't I, mess with the whiz, leave that alone. And I think that's where you hit the, I think you hit the, the nail on the head. There, there's so many great writers out here. There's so many great content creators that I think Hollywood has gotten lazy to the point where we don't want to read as many scripts anymore. We want to just be able to reach out and take something that's already established franchise and rework it. Your example with Creed. I love the fact that Rocky, I love Rocky and it got mundane. 
right? And they'll, so Creed gave it its freshness. We took the character from the show and we mm-hmm. branched it off and now let's tell this story. It's like, it's like the way Marvels and DC does their stuff, you know? We'll have this big entity and then we'll break off and send a, you know, talk about the origins of this or different things like that. Be creative. And I think that's what we lost. And I'm, I'm totally agree with you, you know? The next great movie is Sack yeah, People. So go ahead, fund this thing and let it be known. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Your point, Smash. So I was gonna, I was gonna ask because I don't know how that works anyway. Because it, uh, there are a lot of shows and movies that I think get produced that, like, if I had to spend my money on it, they would have never got made it the light yeah. of day. So I don't. What? Who reads? Who reads these scripts? Is it just like interns that they hire? <laughs> Well, they do. They do have like interns, they have executives, (laughs) they have story editors and people like that, that the the gatekeepers who, you know, read the script ahead of time and then decide if it's worth, um, if this is going to maintain their job and they pass it on. It's very rare that they will take a Mm. script that they would take a chance on. It's it's, it's hard because making these movies is super expensive. There's no guarantee you're going to get any money back. There's no guarantee anybody's going to show up to watch it at all. So I get how they want to hedge their bets and have something that already has a fan base and and a um, um, and a history behind it, so people will follow it. Just go like we all have those artists and those movies, like you said. Like if we just hit a name, I'm just gonna go buy it. Go buy it. I'm not even gonna worry about what it's about. I'm not gonna see like people hear Star Wars like I'm there. That's it. I'm just gonna check it out. And they don't even really know what the story yeah. is. So brand name is important, but I wish that Hollyweird would find a way to not, to, to balance it out. Like, can we do like yeah. 60, 40, 70, 30, like 70, 30, like remakes and 30% originals instead of 90, 10? Right. Because that's what it is. Right now it's only 10% of original movies and stories are being made. I never looked and, at it like that. Yeah, I think really? if they could if they could balance it out, yeah. It's only 10% of the stuff that you're seeing is based on some original idea. Most of it is based on either um, a book, oh, a yep. comic book, right. a podcast, Adapt, an article, you're right, you're right. or something. It's based on something first to validate it. It's Dang. very hard for an original screenwriter, you know, like myself, to get stuff made because it doesn't have anything behind it. So they try to hedge their best by finding a good director or a get um, amazing stars or something like that. So people will be able, but, but this is the thing that always freaks me out and upsets me is that the average person is not checking for who wrote it. Most people don't even look at the writer right. on the credits. They're no. not even looking at that. It, it, so it, it, it didn't dawn on me like, until you said that. And I, I'm thinking about the shows that I watch and at the bottom of the screen, it always says adapted from XYZ novel. And I was like, Okay, yeah. she is right. So it's yeah, it's not, yeah. That what I'm thinking is what I'm thinking is original content. It's not even original content. No, it's adapted <laughs> from somewhere. And I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm adapting. I yep. have something on BET Plus right now that I adapted from a novel, and I'm adapting more projects. And I write my the reason why I write novels is so that I can adapt them to the screen, so they already have an audience. Right. So I can say uh-huh. I have a fan base of people who have read this book or read my children's book. And they're like, okay, well, that's something. You have a social media presence. That's something. You got to do so much more to get the attention and make the bean counters feel comfortable to take a chance on you. Because it's really just about the money. You're like, are we going to make money back from this? Like, it's cool what you're thinking, but how, how can you guarantee that we would make our money back? Right. And it's really hard to do that with original right. content. Like you guys, your podcast could be a movie, could be huh. a TV series because you have established a fan base. You have essay, uh, not essays. You have episodes that people can go to. Right. You are uh, you have established yourselves as the host of this. So it's like like those brothers on um HBO, I think. I think they started as a podcast too. Um, and uh, now they have a TV show. You know yeah, what I'm talking show, about? On Showtime, yeah. Oh, um, on Showtime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They started they started as podcasters yeah. and so did the, the um the two sisters. They're on, they're on HBO. They're I mean, on HBO. Yeah. Right. Started as a podcast. Yep. And now they're both branching off into TV and film. So people just want to know, like, do yeah. people like you and know you already? Like, <laughs> are you coming out of nowhere? Right. Um, yeah. So that's why I try to be <laughs> as 
uh, strategic with my placement of things. Right. So that people can see, like if they type my name on the internet, they're like, oh, okay, this, she does this, she does that and the other. And it used to be, they would say pick a lane, but the way this world works now, you have to have some type of presence so that people can buy into you. Right. And I wish it was just about the story. I wish it was, because that's what I would really just like to do, yeah. write stories all day in my pajamas, but that's just not how this works. <laughs> you're right fool. I have that done. Next. <laughs> this easy. Nah, that, that, that makes sense, because um, I see that Hollywood sticks to a, a formula, and that's, and me and Godi talk about it all the time. Um, that's the Polish or the EMS shows, uh, medical lawyer. shows, lawyer shows, all those have been around. You start like with St. Elsewhere all the way to Grey's Anatomy. Yep. You got LA Law to SBU yep. now, like yep. uh, uh, Blue Bloods and NYPD Blue back in the day, Hill Street Blues, like all that stuff is. Boy, that, they've all we just see where that Grey come from, boy. Yeah, that time that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> you going back? Oh, I can go back even further because I'm a hey. kid. So you know, we ain't, we ain't gonna even talk but about this San Francisco, I mean, <laughs> Colombo. Colombo. Go back further. We can go back further. Colombo. Uh, the one. Yep. What's the other? Rockford Mercy Files. <laughs> yep. Keep going. Keep going. Rockford Files. Yep. Yeah, but the, uh, but, but uh, it's, what it's, was it? Heart to heart, heart to heart, oh, heart to heart. That was my I, jam. I love that, love that one jam. too. I love that. One. That was a guilty <laughs> pleasure of mine as a kid. I don't lie. Hollywood just, you know, has its own particular way of doing things mm. that doesn't necessarily make sense all the time. Like there's also another uh, story that just came out in New York Times that says that Hollywood is losing ten billion dollars a year because they are not funding Black Latino movies and Asian movies. Their diversity, the lack of diversity hmm. in Hollywood is making them lose money, yet they still don't fund our projects. Right. Now, if that is not the 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 uh, definition of insanity, <laughs> I don't know what is. Who, who you wants know? to leave $10 million on the table, right? <laughs> $10 billion. I mean, $10, 10 billion. Who wants to leave that on the table? <laughs> well, because really? it buys into the narrative of that, I you know, African American stories and other stories do not sell well overseas, and that's not true when the rest of the world is black and brown. Right. So this is the narrative yeah. that you know, as a as a black woman screenwriter, that I deal with all the time, trying to make sense of these two things that are separate. Like I just said, Hollywood has has the ability to put the hot minority in their movies and their shows, but at the same time they'll say, well, this movie just has all black people in it. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but we're like all over right. the world. <laughs> so <laughs> why is this a problem? <laughs> <laughs> this makes no sense to me. That's true. Makes no sense. Yeah. Wow. So, so I mean, I, I think I, and 10 I'm, billion. I, I'm glad <laughs> for the Tyler Perry's. I'm glad for, here you go, Smash. I'm giving Oprah some props. I'm glad for Oprah Winfrey on you know, her <laughs> own network. I think it's a matter of which which i'm here's my new mantra for 2021 that we have to stop asking for inclusion and just get out there and start doing our own like sack i think is phenomenal right so why wouldn't i want want to see a, a tyler perry fund this thing or open winfrey fund this thing or somebody who's who's a, a massively rich in abundance to see the the brilliance in this piece of work and want to fund it. it doesn't have to be why do we have to keep beating the wall on the the white mm. hollywood to get something made when there's so many millionaires and billionaires across this across the world right now in a time of america when we ne we never had so many millionaires and billionaires right to be able to get this these type of projects working where we just rely on the remakes and the remakes and the remakes and pissing me off because i hate those but um it, it <laughs> tends to you're looking at it on two different spectrums like if, if hollywood's okay with this losing 10 billion dollars is this like is this like when you do your books is that 10 billion like the light bill the overhead we're just paying overhead 10 billion overhead keep keep keep, keep moving <laughs> is that's what it's like <laughs> so i don't know i don't know but we're getting long in this hour. Monice, give us some, some hidden gems here. What, what's on the horizon for you right now? What I got going on is uh, um, 
I'm still trying to, I'm pushing SACs. I'm not giving up on SACs. I'm even looking at international producers to get this made. Like I'm not mm. just, I'm not waiting around. I'm trying, I'm trying all angles to get this made. Awesome. I'm also working on a TV pilot that I thought I was done with, um, but I've been reworking it and hopefully I can get that made as well. And I have a couple of projects that I've been brought on as a writer to, um, to tap into the um, Afro Latina market awesome. as well. So Okay. I'm trying. I'm. I'm thinking um, beyond national. I'm thinking international um, because I know that our stories are stories that the whole world wants. And if you just believe the narrative of what Hollywood is telling you, then you know, like I said, you'd be contemplating life choices. Like, why? Why am I doing this? <laughs> you got to go where the love is, and you got to think right. outside the box sometimes. So, I'm thinking more like that to get these projects made. Awesome. So, where can the people find you, man? They can find me on the Insta like you did, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, my website, MoniceMitchellSims.com, has um, exclusive, I mean, exclusive content that I'm posting online all the time. And um, and LinkedIn, too. You know, LinkedIn, now people be sleeping on LinkedIn. You can get connected to people on LinkedIn, so they can find me there That's as true. well. Awesome. So my brother okay. Smash, the bearded one. Any, <laughs> any any closing words, my brother? <laughs> Moniz, thanks for coming on. Um, we always appreciate your insight. Uh, we're gonna have to make you our uh, what is it like entertainment TV or movie <laughs> entertainment correspondent? Is what they call it? Yes, I, I love it. Trying to sound professional, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but now uh, <laughs> title still being appreciate the you coming on and. <laughs> Over, I'm hoping we uh, much success to you. Uh, I like the way that you said, you know, go international because a lot of people don't think like that. They, you know, they think that that one track. I got to go Holly, Holly weird, as we're gonna call it, um, <laughs> Holly weird, but not international. And a lot of times, international is a good way to go because it could get popping over there, yep. and then they want to bring it over here. So. Um, we over here at Talker Brothers, we are definitely wishing you much success, and especially when we get wrote into the story as well. So we, you know, we'll be there to support you on that one too. That's right. Either bro. way, <laughs> either way, because I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm a sports. Movie, you got our support. I'm a sports movie junkie, so I'm, that's why I'm like, we haven't had a real good sports movie in a long time. Here's yeah. something that's really great. Come on, people, fund this thing. Let's get this thing going. You know, so. Thank you, Moniz. So with that being said, much love, and we out. All right, brother. Peace. We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D. Light year groove. Well, all right. You hear the noise? Ain't nobody but me and the boys. Get down.